Hello and welcome to episode 1027 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, March 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. We're getting our we're getting our hot stove here in March, and uh, you know, kind of trickled over the weekend, and then we started to see things really open up late Sunday and into Monday. And I want more. It's been a mm-hmm. while. You know, the last move was was the Andrew McCutcheon move. I'm like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but uh, lots of, lots to talk about. We still got plenty of moves. You covered a ton on Sunday, and then we're going to finish talking about third base, which isn't that great. Uh, but how you doing? Doing all right, man. It's grind season. Um, Big time. You know, uh, just uh, I'm doing ADP analysis stuff over on Fangraphs right now. So uh, recording lots of podcasts and uh, just trying to get to Vegas, which is like almost, what, nine days away? I'm in. What day are you coming into Vegas? Thursday. Okay. All right. I'll be there Wednesday night. Okay, I can't cool. wait. I can't. I'm absolutely stoked. So it's, it's if, if you're going to be in Vegas, make sure you come by, say hi, um, either at the drafts or if you just see me walking around. I'll be wearing Justin Mason apparel, so it'd be easy to pick me out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very findable there. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's going to be great time. Obviously, that was like one of the best things when everything got situated. Was oh here we go. This now we're back on track for Vegas and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. We'll be seeing each other soon, but uh, let's talk some moves. Let's start with Nelson Cruz signing out in Washington. Obviously, his market opened up with the adoption of the NLDH. He will, of course, be that DH for Washington. And all of a sudden, I think their lineup looks pretty solid. Um, you know, runs, I, I would say, at least six deep. And then there's a chance for maybe some breakouts between one of maybe Carter Keeble, who we'll talk about later, or Victor Robles. But Lane Thomas, Cesar Hernandez, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, and Kybert Ruiz as a top six isn't terrible. Um, is Cruz kind of having the beginning of his decline with that Tampa Bay sample? Or was it Tampa Bay because he did struggle more at home? Did he have a little Tropicana issue uh, a la Willie Adamas? Where do you stand on, on the 41-year-old uh, Nelson Cruz going to Washington? I think he struggled with the batting eye in, in Tampa. I think that's what it was. Um, you know, he was fine on the road. He was great before. I mean, he was awesome before he, you know, got traded over there. Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much of a problem. Washington's a nice park to hit in, so it's a it's a pretty good Sneaky upgrade. Good. from Yeah, from used to, I think, play a little bit more pitcher-friendly, but now it seems to play a little bit more hitter-friendly. Uh, like you mentioned, the top half of that lineup is really, really good. Uh, so... You know, you're, he's going to get hit by in Soto, so there's going to be plenty of uh, runs to drive in. A uh, little surprised that that's where he ended up, considering sure. uh, you know all the rumors were, hey, it's between the Padres and the in the Dodgers, um, and then all of a sudden the Nationals come out of nowhere. Uh, they clearly are trying a reload thing as opposed to a rebuild. Yeah, uh, because you, you can't rebuild with Soto. And I think that you had said that was uh, to me. So I'm like, I, I, their team's awful. And now it doesn't look so bad. Even yeah. added Anibal Sanchez as a non-roster invite uh, in that rotation. I mean, you start to really pile up the ifs on the rotation. It, it's not easy, but it's not impossible either. It really hinges on Strasburg and Corbin, right? If they're mm-hmm. back, uh, that fixes a lot. But that's a, those are colossal ifs for both mm-hmm. of them. Strasburg for health. Uh, Corbin for performance 
And so, you know, again, I, I, I like it, though, because even if the pitching isn't great, you can't waste Soto's years on a teardown. Like, that is nonsensical, and I just don't think you can go back to square one with him. So, Especially you know, since they don't have him signed to a long-term deal. Yes. Like, it's not like he has 10 more years there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get an offense that is capable, and I think this is this is an offense that can definitely hang, and then see where it's at with the pitching. Again, it's an uphill battle. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Strasburg's major injury, Corbin's major performance issue, Gray has not – Come has not broken out yet and has a big home run issue. You know, I like Anibal Sanchez as well, but he was also 38. Then there's the bullpen. But the offense is coming along. Nelson Cruz moves to a nice park, and uh, I think he'll be fine. You know, even if he's just the guy combined, his, his combined 2021 guy, 122 WRC plus, I think that's fine. But uh, I do believe there's a chance for more, another 30 homers and something in like the 135 range with his WRC plus wouldn't even surprise me for Nelson Cruz. So I'm in on him and I, I'm open to drafting him too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been drafting him a ton already, so this isn't going to change anything for me. Uh, it'll probably change where you have to draft him. You've been getting him around pick 180, 190. Yeah. Um, Guys always go up after, after yeah, he, he could go up easily 50 to 70 spots, maybe even into the top. Whoa, wait, 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 he's not going to go up that high. I think he could. 50 to 100 spots, no chance that he moves up that high on an 80. Where was he being drafted last year? I don't, I don't care. The fact that he's 41 and the 120, I mean, he was 43 points lower than his WRC plus from 2019 slash 20 because it was the same as 164. He ain't going up 100 points. Well, no, no shot. Uh, what did he sign yesterday? Right, it's just probably no job. Uh, Sunday, uh, okay. I'll, you know, we can I'm, I'm gonna look up DC drafts, yeah, Sunday, and or, you're gonna sorry, be in for a rude awakening. And you'll not look go up 100 drafts. picks, yeah, OCs because DCs won't be done. There was one draft, he went 146. That's up 40 to 50 spots already. 50 to 100 is what you said. He's not going up 100 spots. That's one draft. That will be like the best right there. If anybody takes him inside the top 100, please join every league. I mean, I'm sorry. I, it is a little why he's always that. returned that value. Oh my god, you're so insane if you take Nelson Cruz in the top 100 right now. Uh, I mean, I don't think you from need where to he is, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to push him up. But to that he level. all, I, I bet you there will be drafts until he won't in the he's main event. 41, he oh always god. returns that value, he's always returned it. He didn't last year, though, so he doesn't always. How did he not? What was he had a 122 WRC+. plus. That was not the Nelson Cruz that we're drafting. Like, that's not the Nelson Cruz that's, like, Ben Nelson Cruz. It's still good. That's why I said even if he's that guy again, I'm okay with that. But, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily delivering top 100 value. He was the 50th hitter last year. Are there 50 pitchers? Probably about 50 pitchers, too. So I'm not you, – you, you guys want to take a 41-year-old in the top 100 by all means. Uh, I, I don't know that I would. 42 points off of his WRC+. plus. Not from 2020, by the way. I'm talking from 2019. But he had the 164 in both seasons for Cruz. So whether you, whether you judge it off 19 or 20. But don't use 20. I'll use 19 because he was the same guy. He dropped 42 points 
off of there. And I know it's a good park. I like him. I believe in him. I, I, I hate that I have to kind of throw shade here, but like top 100 pick for a 41 year old, I can't do it. I can't do it. He was he was 40 years old. We were taking him in the top 75 last year. And and we saw and we finally saw a dent. And that was that's enough for me to be like, okay, it's there now. Because I don't think you can just write it off to the trot, by the way, either. He was worse at Tampa Bay when he played with them, but he wasn't particularly great on the road. The Babbitt was way down. I don't even want to get he had a one forty seven WRC plus before being traded. One forty one. Um Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He had a first half of 147. A 23%, 23-point drop off of where he was. It's not the same guy we drafted from 19 and 20 with Nelson Cruz. So there has to be a discount. If people are putting him back in the top 100, I'm out. I'm fully out. I took him in the top 100, looking like a guy who was, like, invincible. He showed a little, uh, you know, a little bit. uh, Still invincible. No, he's not. He's still invincible. Have have at it, buddy. You I you will. enjoy you you enjoy there. The I'm probably not going to take him in the with top your 41 year old. Let me know how stable that is. I bet you he finishes a top 100 player. No, I don't think so. All right, I just I just don't because you know time. We, we we've also seen he doesn't reach 600 point appearances anymore, which is fine. Again, there, there's so many good things about Nelson Cruz. It sucks that I'm even having to talk him down. I'm just saying like. Yeah. Taking a 41-year-old UT only as as a top 100 pick is just begging to get burnt. I don't know. It's a hot potato where I've held it a bunch in past years. I'm letting everybody else hold it at this point. Okay. And maybe maybe he's David Ortiz, and he never has a downtime. But putting him back in the top 100. He's okay. better than well, David Ortiz. Here, here's what I don't better. Here, here's what's here's what's insane, though. Uh-huh. If people liked him that much, why were you holding them down that much? I wasn't. Like that's that's what I I, I mean I was just, like the only reason I haven't gotten him on every single team this year is because I played the ADP game too long in some drafts. But he's one of my most rostered players. I mean, I, 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 like, I, I absolutely believe in a, in a rebound. Getting out of Tampa, I think, will be amazing for him. You know, like why was he going one eighty, and now he needed he needed to get signed for the confidence to move a hundred spots. He's in, he's he's on fifty of my on my, fifty of my NFBC teams. Fifty percent, yeah. That's yeah. that's just bizarre that he would. No, have to he's move on up fifty of them. Yeah, you don't fifty have, out of fifty-one. You're in very much you're in very <laughs> big trouble if that's the case. Uh, yeah, so I like Nelson Cruz. I don't like him at, at any price that is sing, uh, double digits. Oh okay, yeah, so where is the price? Where 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 where, is, where he's uh, where he went? Like one fifty is like the best I can okay. do. Like I'm not. You know, may, maybe in the 130 range. Let's let's see who's going around the 130 range real quick. Among hitters, that's going to be Reese Hoskins, uh, Willie Adamas, Josh Bell. Yeah, I can I can go I can go 130 here. Jared Walsh, Kyle Schwarber. Yes, in this range. So the 130, which is a 50 50 point jump. And again, I was open to taking him, but you're talking a hundred picks from where his ADP has been, which means 80. No shot. That's my primary pushback here is that you think he can go up a hundred picks for his ADP, and that would be crazy. To me. I think there will be drafts he does absolutely. That's not his ADP. Multiple though. drafts, like I, not- I, and like in the main event with like real money attached. Like I think they're gonna be. That's playing with fire. Here, here, here's a here's a good question because I saw this um, and I. I I probably I, I'll be honest. I hadn't really looked at the rundown. It's not on. Okay, so Tatis has a broken wrist, right? 
Um, he's out three he's months. Off, off my draft board, by the way. Okay, I was just about to say, where would you take? Would I'm you not, take Nelson Cruz over Tatis in a main situation? Yeah, I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking Tatis. What about if you had an IL? Um. Yeah. Sure. I'll take. I'll take him, and I'll take him over. T- uh, over Cruz. Yeah. Okay. If I can hold him I in an not. IL spot. You wouldn't take Fernando Tatis uh, with a wrist injury for three weeks over Nelson Cruz. Three months. He's out for three months. Three months. Not three weeks. Three months. Oh yeah. Then then no one should ever take him. Well, there there were people in three the months. industry I saying he was. A, yeah, there were people in the industry saying he was still a top hundred player. No, oh, three sidelines up to three months. I saw three weeks. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, this no, is... no. I could, no. I'm, there's no, there's no price. There's no price. Okay. I don't yeah, then that's how I feel too. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely not. Unless Sorry, you have I misread like, that. I'm like, Tau Wars has unlimited IL. If you went for still like no. five bucks in Tau, yeah, I mean, maybe, but, but there's no way. I bet you yeah. he still goes for close to twenty bucks in Tau. Again, have fun. I mean, yeah, by all not, means, not, y'all, y'all, y'all have fun. I'm, I'm fully out there. Yeah. Sorry, I missed. I, I read three weeks for some reason. I don't know why. Um, all right, Matt Olson traded. We knew it was kind of coming. Uh, you know, Oakland's got the writing on the wall. They started with the Bassett trade. Now they trade him to uh, to Atlanta. Listen, Braves fans, I understand that you love your guy. I totally get that. You make connections with your players, and that's what it's all about. Freddie Freeman's a beast, and and love him, and adore him, and and continue to worship him. This is the smoothest handoff you could have gotten. So let's keep the tears to a minimum, okay? We get it, but you also just won the World Series. And you couldn't have replaced your 32-year-old first baseman better. So kindly shut up a little bit. Okay, Braves fans? (laughs) Shut up just a little bit. You guys are getting a little entitled. Well, you know, I don't know how happy I can really be about Matt Olson. Shut the absolute hell up. Um, You just got a superstar who just did an amazing Freddie Freeman imitation who's four years younger. In in Oakland, like in a way worse now, park on a way yeah. worse team. <laughs> and listen, I get it. In Atlanta, in Atlanta situation, they could justify paying Freeman, absolutely, even, even doing like an eight year on a thirty two year old. Like an eight year for a first baseman is generally just a stupid idea, right? Like uh, uh, to pay a first baseman that is generally bad. And so from that, from the economics of it, like I understand. Okay, we we're not going to pay Freeman. From everything that they have, just winning the World Series and stealing money from Acuna and Albies the way they are, they could afford to do it because he also looks like he's going to age brilliantly. I wouldn't have even shaded them. I would have said, listen, I don't love six, seven, eight-year deals for 30-something first baseman, but Atlanta could afford to do it, and and it makes sense based on their whole thing. Because another issue with paying somebody like Freeman, what what he's going to get paid is he's going to be a new team who didn't get any of his goodness, right? If Atlanta's doing it, they've had him the whole time. So the times that he was performing brilliantly as a rookie and making $8, they were getting that goodness. So if they look at it in a, in a, in a holistic picture, the Braves could really justify it. They chose not to. They gave you the second best option, though. Like, this is really, really good to get Matt Olson. So, please, Braves fans, have your morning time for, for Freeman, but then suck it up and be really happy with Matt Olson because he's a better-looking version of the guy you had. I'm sorry. Oh, he, like, come on. Freddie Freeman yeah. is not an ugly dude, but Matt Olson, what the hell? I knew Matt Olson was a thin dude, but, man, he looks really thin. Matt, Matt Olson, I mean, come on. You, you can't look like, like that. That's not fair. That's that's truly not fair, by the way. How does You're he have so have, many bombs being that thin? 
it's it's that's how good looking he is. Apparently, like, have you um, heard of the thing pretty privilege? I, ball, I look at me. I've never heard that. <laughs> the ball <laughs> goes further because of how hot he is. It, it's a phenomenon. You wouldn't. I would get think it. it would be the I've opposite. I thought like the uglier you, you are, like you know, would push the ball. I understand. Away. I, this is common thinking. Yeah. This is this is kind of low level. And no offense, like you're just kind of low level with it, oh. like an, your intelligence level. Mm-hmm. I'm at a higher level. I've studied this. Mm-hmm. You'd think, right? You'd think like be attracted to him because he's so hot. Attractiveness exit velo. Henry has it. Attractiveness adds exit velo. Yeah. It's you have to study it. There's a lot of science to it. I'm not going to get into all of it right now because I again I doubt you uh, can mentally I, handle it. I think this is me. like breaking um, news and like you know you should you should write this out. I and, should write my abstract. Yeah, and, and, and get a send it over to Saber. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. this yeah. is now sometimes. It's not a perfect correlation because Chris Bryant, mad hot, and his exit velo is not 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 yeah. keeping up there. So it is something that we're studying again. Please, please, it's it's not it's not peer reviewed yet. Please get off my back. Yeah, because Kevin Kiermaier is, is gorgeous, and... and he is. Listen, exceptions prove the rule. Okay. Kevin Kiermaier, remarkably hot, zero exit velo, and it, it and it listen it it fooled us in the lab. We were like, mm-hmm. what what's going on right now? We're working on it, but we'll get back to you on the on the final thoughts there. This trade though was huge, and um, I, I really do like it. For I don't want to say both sides because I, I hate giving Oakland a pass. Yeah, I'm not giving op- them a pass. Operating in the world that we live in, which is where, where they do this. Okay, let's just we don't have to give them a pass, but we just have to acknowledge that this is what they do. Given that we knew they were going to do this, I didn't hate the return. Christian Pache, Shane Langley's, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes. Fine. I mean, they get two major league ready hitters. Yeah. They got um, their center fielder and their catcher because they're probably going to trade Murphy now that they got Langliers. And um, then they got two pitchers. I don't know as much about Cusick and Estes. Do you have anything on them? No, I, I don't. I haven't even done the research yet. Uh, just been too many moves. I, I see. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. The 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 mid tier minor leaguers. I, I, my I, understanding I, is they seem to be they fine. Like you know they've got a little like, bit of upside. In. Looks like Cusick is a reliever. He did strike out 51% of his batters in 16 innings. I and hear that. Estes, good. yeah, that's pretty decent. And then Estes um, is is also very young. We're talking 20 years old yeah. next year. And uh, looks like it could be a starter, but way down the line. Estes and Cusick, if they become something in this trade, we'll hear about them down the road. And be like, remember, they were part of the Matt Olsen trade. So let's focus on Langoliers, Pache, and Olsen. First things first. Olsen, you mentioned, he's always done his damage in Oakland terrible park to hit in Mm -hmm. and it has not stopped him he goes now to a quality park this is definitely a park jump for matt olsen does this cause you to jump him up in your rankings maybe a well no because i mean i had him three i'm pretty sure oh no no i think i had him maybe four uh i'm double checking he should be three now um so i had him four he's now going to be three um i will not get him anywhere uh, just yeah. because I think his ADP jump is going to be so high that it's going to put him in the third round. Um, and I'm not taking a first baseman who doesn't run in the third round. Um, what if you got speed in your first two picks? Yeah, it just seems uh, usually I'm going pitching. You go speedster pitcher. 
really hurt. No, no world where you take him, man. I don't know. It, it's the super, relievers are gonna, super unlikely. The relievers are going to come down though, because you don't even have like your drafts are going to be the main and stuff. Like when things are more settled, and so I don't think the the push for closer is necessarily going to be as aggressive once we start to get the more stability in some of those uncertain bullpens and Craig Kimball gets traded and we know who's closing in San Diego. Are you still going to be pushing for that second, third, fourth round? I mean, there's closer? only two more closer shoes to drop. Like no Kimbrell and Jansen, right? Like, well, and all like 10 teams that need to give an idea of like where they're at, like who's closing in San Diego. That's a really good team. Who, Kimbrell. Who, he's not there yet. I think he that. will be, but I'm just okay. saying, but like the Kimbrel's going to lock up one situation. Yeah. And Jansen and will lock up another. Jansen will lock up another. There's still like uncertain. Are, yeah. But are you going to trust those? Like I'm not. I, yeah. I don't. Like I'm, I'm going to trust them more than like the part of the reason right now for me, the reason I'm pushing the, the saves up is the, the, the instability across so many teams. But once we kind of get, get a better read here. I think things were, are going to be uh, a little bit more clear than where if I don't get one of those guys, I'm not going to bug out. Like um, I, yeah. I, I still would, I still would like one, but it's not going to be as mission critical as it's been in drafts so far. Are you still going to keep that sort of criticalness? I don't know. That's not a word, but you're still going to kind of keep it at that DEFCON one level of like getting a, yeah. uh, okay. And that, I, I don't think that's terrible or anything. I'm just saying I think it will open me back up to maybe think, getting a Matt Olson there. Obviously, I think, is a word. Just sounds really shitty. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think there are. I think the the tier of trustable closers thickens a little bit once Kimbrel gets traded. Obviously, Jansen was going to close wherever. The question is, who is he going to supplant? Right? Like, who's he? Is he going to knock Trinan out of a job? Is he going to knock Floor out of a job? I don't think he's going to knock Floor out of a job. I, I, um, it looks like Miami not going to spend now. Yeah, I think Floor. I, I like that as an idea. In the yeah, safe, that... safe tier now, um, especially with the report that Castellanos, wa Castellanos wanted to sign there, and they were like, "Nah, they're not, they're not trying hard enough." Right? Um, yeah. Well, they they said they. they so I think I think the rumor is that they are willing to spend another like ten million dollars. Yeah, so that's thought, not going to get. He was that's... saying like uh, like to your point, Cassianos was like they just didn't really chase me. Yeah, kind of deal, which is like hello, go get Cassianos. Yeah, a star wants to come. Yeah, to up and coming team. I know that park um, sucks for him. It wouldn't be great for fantasy, but I like it just to kind of make that team better. Yeah. Uh, it could be fun so. to have Demarlin's exciting. So on my closer list, on our live ranks, thank you to those who are joining the Patreon, by the way, you can get the live rankings. Um, I only have one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, I don't seven, see any closers eight, nine, on your closer list. Because uh, you're not looking at the closer chart. I didn't do a, I didn't do oh, a closer you... ranking. I did a closer chart. Oh, I thought, I, it was, like I thought it was more useful. Uh -huh. So I only I had two, four, six. I only had nine guys in the high, which was the green, you know, like they're locked Ooh, in. I like your little thing here. This Thank is you. really useful. Thank you. So I, I don't have, yeah, if you're looking for my RPs and you don't see a one to whatever, I will eventually have that. I was waiting for things to get more stabilized for that, but I did do a team chart in the interim. Help me figure out a word. To where the medium would go in the middle when you do alphabetical order there, because you see how it goes high, low, medium. It's not going to be easy to get something between H and L. 
Yeah, that's true. That that means like <laughs> mid tier too. Maybe maybe you need to change the L low, in low yeah. to something else. Yeah. Um, um, unstable. There you go. I like that. That'll work. That way, when you sort it, it will be in that order. When you do this, there mm -hmm. we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Justin's looking at the sheet right now. If, if people yeah, are wondering what we're talking about beautiful. here. Beautiful. I actually really like this. I'm, appreciate I'm, it. Appreciate yeah. it. And then I put my next up and my dark horse for each. So um, you look at change... the Pittsburgh dark horse. You. <laughs> uh, they signed Heath Hembry this morning. Oh, actually, I will There's... put him in. Because um, he is. Yeah. He, he... And then H Henry says that uh, you can actually sort by color. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, and then what else were you going to say? I need to change. Where did um, Ian Kennedy go again? Uh, Ian he went Kennedy to went to Arizona. So I have to change him. To but He's bothering. I still think Melanson's the guy, though. You need to take Lucas Sims out of being the guy in Cincinnati and change Ooh. that to unstable. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he's hurt. Well, you guys and, talked about it on... And put Alex Colomay in Colorado. In Colorado. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was an actual guy who, who signed. I'm going to... What are you doing with... Uh, do you think Bard is the next up then, or is it a Stevens? I'm going to put them both together. I'm gonna yeah, probably both. The, uh, pro it's probably a Stevens. Now, I, be, I, do you care? Like Exactly. Th thank you. Literally took I, the words. I, I, you ripped them directly from my I mouth. was saying I last night, like... I do not. Alex Colomay signing in Colorado may be the worst possible spot for him. Yeah. Um, and that includes signing somewhere to not be a closer. <laughs> exactly. You're not even wrong. I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Like it's, it's I mean, the amount great. of contact he gives up in that park. Didn't like develop just, a little Homer issue too. Yeah. This is not going to go well. This is, like this is, this is peak, like Dave, Dave, great, Dave took him in the 25th round of Glarf and I was all like, I don't know that I want him. I, my takeaway when I wrote the article, uh, including him, you know, I did a little bottom line at the bottom. And for those that don't want to read the whole piece, and I was like, don't put yourself in a spot where you need column A saves. Absolutely. Like, please do not. Anyway, we got on a tangent there with, with Matt Olson uh, because you were talking about when he goes, you're probably going to be taking a closer. So bringing yeah. it back. I do think, yes, I, I will be taking closers in the third with and that fourth same urgency. round. Urgency I say was I, the word I wanted, not criticalness. I would be, I will be very surprised if the closer prices come down. I think that okay. I think what is going to happen if you're playing in – like especially NFPC drafts, obviously your home league, you gotta gauge it based on you what know you what know about home, your home league. What yeah. you know about your home league. But if you're playing in the NFBC or in some of these big money leagues, um I think the deals are gonna be in hitting. I think you're gonna be able to get hitters, like a pretty amazing hitters, um, you know, through the first three rounds, because other people are going to the, the starting pitchers are going to get pushed up, especially as guys mm -hmm. get hurt. Definitely. And relievers will still stay high. If you look at like my barf team, I got potentially three first dish round picks in the first three rounds. I started off with Albies, Betts, and Mullins in the first three rounds from the 12 spot. I like that. And still filled out my pitching pretty well. I like that. Yeah, you showed me, I think, your first like eight or ten rounds, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, because you've got Sale, Lynn, and Will Smith for your two studs and closer. And, you know, I think that works. you got an upside guy with Sale. you got the kind of stability guy with Lynn. Smith, I think, is a good like, 
I think Will Smith, he's in he's in the green zone, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put him you as high because I think he's locked and loaded in there. Any worry so, about Ryan Presley? I know we're on like a complete tangent. Yeah, um, There's been some people in the industry question whether he's going to be the guy now that Hector Norris is there. Yeah, like I think they have protection now, but I still think he's the guy. I, I, I guess the, the the concern would be that like he's so good that they would want to use him just anywhere. And I think that's it's not a negative of, against him. It's actually more of a positive. That's part of the argument. And I haven't drafted Presley just because he's on the bottom of that tier for me. Um, but I don't. It it seems like like Norris has never really been that great. Like he's had moments, but he's never really been a shutdown guy and the way that Presley has really been a shutdown guy. True. So I, I just don't know if I buy that. I, I drafted Norris a couple times late in some DCs just for the hell of it. Um, but I, I think that's not, Presley's not a bad, it. not a bad pick. I, I'm a big Ryan Presley guy. So maybe I got a little blind spot there. Maybe I need to be more open to understanding, you know, Norris could be there. You know, I, when I was writing up things, I think it was the last year with regards to closers. I remember, talking about how coming into last year, Norris, yeah, from 17 to 20, he was like one of the one of the leaders in saves in the league from mm-hmm. uh, Hector Norris. Again, we've derailed uh, again yeah, on, this on is, closers. This is a great that, third base conversation. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're talking and, about and stuff. Yeah. Matt Olson, first base. <laughs> yeah. We're not even on there yet. But uh, yeah, Hector Norris, uh, he had 70 saves, which was 14th in the league. So it's like he had had, he was like kind of right there in that mid- mid-tier area so yeah i mean that's a guy they can go to if they want to have ryan presley more in that fireman's role so that's dangerous it's like sometimes you almost don't want that good of a reliever because they could do that to him but i think he's good for now i'm going to keep him green but it is good good note good note all right so matt Olson, by the way i had moved him down a little bit i had him five i was a little nervous i was like i don't know what they're gonna do I'm just going to play it a little bit cautiously. He was like five or six at my first base. And I was like, I don't know. I'm moving him back up to three now. Because I think this trade is really good for him. Obviously mm-hmm. going to an amazing team. And uh, I love him. I still really love Alonzo. So if Alonzo's there, if both of them are there, I'm probably more apt to pass and try to get them. It depends where it is in the draft. But you know, I love Alonzo and I love uh, Goldie. Uh, Gold, yeah. Paul Goldschmidt. So, like, the hard part for me is, you know, taking Olsen because I do think he's going to jump up into the third round, um, third, fourth round. And so, uh, I, went, I'd rather went 37th wait. in that one draft yesterday. So, that one online. And that was a 12 teamer. So, that's, that's 12, the beginning yeah. of the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather wait two rounds and get either Goldschmidt or Alonso. Yeah, all uh, there was another draft yesterday. I don't know what it was because I just did all drafts, and there, there's two Maybe total. A cut so line. It's, it's that OOC, and then um, yeah, let me see. Yes, uh, he went 23rd in that one. Yeah, cut lines but, are a little but different. It's hard to use because pitching gets pushed way, 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 way down. Mm-hmm. So let's not use that. Let's not even use a single bullet point. But he is going to get pushed up. You're right. Uh, Matt Olson will be going going higher for sure. And, you know, just compared to where he's been, Matt Olson prior to this move was around pick 50. So I think he can go up about 15 picks. I I think you're right. I think a full round uh, makes sense for Matt Olson. Let's talk about what this does in Oakland, because that's the part that actually really has me excited about this deal. Because 
I was eager about Seth Brown this year, and he could play a little outfield, a little first base outfield. But with Thames there and Olsen still there, now obviously we we spent most of the offseason feeling like Olsen was going to be gone. But until he was, you're still mm-hmm. dealing with the fact that we don't know. But now with him gone, it clears up space for Brown and Thames. Now Thames is returning from an Achilles. So he's not a guarantee. He's coming back out from overseas. He did hurt his Achilles, and we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy. But Seth Brown hit 20 homers last year and 307 plate appearances. It was a little bit all or nothing for sure because it had 29% strikeout rate, 214 average, 274 OBP. That's horrendous. But disjointed playing time still ended up being a 103 WRC plus despite that because of the power. I think Seth Brown can be a 30 home run hitter, and I'm very excited for him. How do you feel? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it will come at the cost of your average or on base percentage, but yeah, I think he probably could hit 30 home runs. Um, it does not seem like there's much in that system now to block him from getting full-time playing time. And I think there are going to be guys on this A's team, for those of you who play in deeper leagues, uh, that become somewhat interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, as much as I don't think Christian Pache is any good offensively, uh, he's going to play every day because that defense, um, you know, like you said, Seth Brown is going to play. Uh, Steven Biscotti is going to play every day. Elvis Andrews is going to play every day. Um, so, like, yeah, there's there's some guys that will accumulate stats uh, in spite of that roster being truly atrocious. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're going to put guys in, you know, they're going to put these guys that they acquired with Langoliers and Pache, like they're going to let guys get playing time. You know, you and I were talking about this before the show. You, you're saying that they're going to bottom out. And I was trying to tell you, like, they don't usually go full bottom scale, like 100 losses type deal. And I don't think that they necessarily going to here. They're going to be bad. Like they're ready to go in a down cycle. They do this all the time. There's like three years up three years down type of deal. You know, sometimes it's four or five years up and then two, three years down, but they go in these cycles. They finished last from 15 through 17 in the division. Then they were second, second made the wild card on both of those and lost. And then first in 2020, which obviously weird season. And then third last year. And now it's time to turn it over because those guys are, you have to start paying them. So they're going to be down for a couple of years, but it's more of like, a mid mid to high 60s, sometimes low 70s win type team. We have to see what happens with the pitching. If Manaya and Montas are gone, obviously that's a huge hit, but that park helps pitchers too. And so they'll they'll let some of their prospects go. And maybe Dalton Jeffries is pretty decent. And maybe, you know, AJ Puck finally does something and Grant Holmes and Brent Honeywell. So that sometimes they're like decent enough just by virtue of playing the, their young guys. And I think that's what we're going to see this year. And we're going to see a bunch of guys play. I mean, I know somebody that we've talked about in the past as like a late round uh, utility knife in a Swiss Swiss army knife is Chad Pinder. Do you think he gets full-time run this year? And do you have any interest in it? Even though he's had some issues hitting righties in the past, do you, do you like swipe right Chad Pinder? Yeah, I think in, in, in a really deep league um, still like nothing like a full-time role doesn't bring him any, uh, any sort of, extra interest for Chad Pender for you? Not and I get really. it, by the way. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. No, not really. I mean... It's really bad against righties, and that's not... Yeah, and it's still a really bad stadium, and just because he's going to get playing time doesn't mean, like, the team around him is going to be good enough to get a lot of runs and RBIs. True. Um, True. I think sometimes we forget about, like, you know, like, hey, Seth Brown may hit 30 home runs. 
you also may have 45 RBIs. Yeah. 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 With those, with those 30. I can't remember who did something similar, like hit 20 home runs, but I had like, well, your, your, your boy did. And it's cause he let yeah, off, but there you go. Like, he a, had you know. 30 and 60. Wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it 60 ribbies? Part of that's leading off, but part of that's Baltimore. Cause mm-hmm. There have been other guys who have hit 30 homers it's, in a leadoff. It's lead the reason why Mullins is not a first-round pick. If he yeah. was on a different team doing, you know, these 59, homers, 59, 59 yeah. ribbies, yeah, with 30 home runs, like that's being insane. himself. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> more than half of his ribbies were himself. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, one thing to say with like a Pinder or or a Seth Brown and and any of these guys over there is. Don't underestimate what playing every day can do for a guy, too, that can help them. It can expose them. It can go both ways, right? And so we don't know. Sometimes it can expose them further, and all the holes are opened up, but they can also get in a rhythm, and instead of the disjointed play where you know they're trying to hit a homer every time they get one start, uh, they're playing every day, and they can kind of get in a better flow. So don't be surprised if something like that happens. The guys I care about right now, though, are Seth Brown and Eric Thames. Uh, I'm interested in drafting both in Oakland. I'm I'm trying to look up what the over under on wins for oh. for the ASR right now. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't curious. bet in in California. Legally. Me neither in um, Texas, but we can do. But it we're in going Vegas to Vegas, and um and I don't even need to get a Vegas ticket. I can just use those DraftKings app in Vegas exactly, and then get paid so out good. when I get back. Um, they may have taken it off just because just to see where they're at, right? Because it, they know. They're oh, here we go. Trade. Here we go. Over under. 75 and a half. I would slam that under. I would hit the under, but again, I wouldn't slam it because you know what if they don't trade all both pitchers? They should. They Who should, cares? but like the, you still need you still need to score runs to win. No, I know. I know, but again, 75, 69, and 78 were the were if the, they win twice every, every five days. They still lose sixty uh, percent of the games. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be more of the high sixty. So I would hit the under as well. O- that over play. under eighty five and a half wins for the Giants, a team that just won one hundred and seven games. Yeah, I mean they're baiting you in with that over, but you guys, you guys are old as shit. Will the platoon thing work again? I mean, yeah, I yeah. think I think I would go over, but I, uh, I, I, I understand I understand that number. By the way, that's all for entertainment purposes only. You, you guys, yeah, ab- if you can absolutely. if you can gamble in your own if you can gamble in your own state, that's great. Yeah. But uh, use Matt's your own money Muncie wisely. Over under thirty two and a half home runs. Oh well, God, come on, that's the over. Is that a real one? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Under with every fiber of my I may being? put I your mean, bank account on that. Yeah, like and... hello. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait to get to Vegas. Yeah, that one. That one. I don't know why they're not taking that. All right, we just spent board. 40 Olson. minutes on Matt Olson. Yes. Jesse Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez, out to Cincinnati. Uh, excuse me, from Cincinnati, out to Seattle. Justin, let's just start with the obvious. Like, the Reds are tearing down, but this is a brutal move for these guys, dude. This is this is a park devastation for both. Now, with Winker, I think it can maybe even hit harder because – he has a home road split with Suarez. He was more of an even home road type of guy. So it's not going to help or anything, but I think the damage could be a little bit less. Um, I, I think I'm, it I'm will nervous. be much less. You know why? Cause he just has power and it, cause it he just has anywhere. power for days. His yeah. ex home run. If he had played all his games in Seattle last year is 34. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm not as runs, worried. Like, about Suarez. I now, am worried about Winker, though. I'm a, 
very worried. First off, still cannot stay healthy. Had his breakout last year, but if you didn't have him on your team, you might have forgotten that he missed basically the second half. He only played 110 games. He set a career high with 485 plate appearances. That was 101 higher than he'd ever had before, and it's still not a full season. He's an amazing hitter, Jesse Winker is, but he's going from one of the very best parks to literally one of the to literally the worst for lefties over the last three years. Omar Narvaez is the only lefty with a positive WRC plus in at least 100 plate appearances as a Mariner in the last three seasons. Now, that also includes 20, so it's a little, it's it's really only a two-year sample, uh, 21 and 19, but it's bad news. And Jesse Winker does like his home park. He had 294, 388, 569 in Cincinnati. Uh, that's coming down, and you have the volume risk are you moving Jesse Winker down your board? I am. Um, because and from I think where to where? That is a good question. So I, I had him high, man. I, I like I love the talent. I had him pretty high too. Um I had him around like 25. I've already moved him down to 31. Um the hard part is once you get past the first 20 or so outfielders. And even inside uh, the first top two, yeah. there are red flags aplenty. So Certainly. But he's got multiple of, now. Well, because I think on top of the injury, I think there is still a great platoon risk. This is a That's loaded what I'm saying. Team. No, it, it's a guaranteed platoon risk because he cannot hit lefties. Like, he's a platoon guy, yeah. 100%. So I throw th- that in. You're right. Gets, I didn't even bring that up. So platoon. I think he gets a shot to play full-time only because Kyle Lewis is going to miss the start of the season. Yeah, um, I think once Kyle Lewis is back, I think he's platooning with Kyle Lewis. I don't um, think he gets that shot. I think Luis Torrens uh, fits in there, like as a DH, and they figure out somebody else in the outfield or something to that effect. Like I think that, Jared yeah. Kalenic right now, like where does he play? Like if he struggles. Well, he, I mean, if, if he struggles, he has to come out. But he's the true center fielder, right? Like Dylan yeah. Moore and uh, Taylor, he's lucky that he's got bad just, corners. Uh, I, I think. I think this. I think we just went from a muddled Cincinnati situation to now a very muddled Seattle situation. And yes, it's like it's good for them, but bad for fantasy because now they've got like Abraham Toro's no longer locked and loaded and playing. Yeah, I think day. he's probably a strong side platoon guy. Um, and he's a switch hitter, so that can help, but. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous here, but I moved Winker way down. I moved Winker down to outfielder 42. 30. Oh, it's just 37 on your list. Uh, yeah, it's not, that one's not quite updated yet. I, oh. I made a few more shifts. I got him now below uh, Mountcastle, Guriel Jr., and Benintendi. I would definitely take those guys above him. And honestly, I'm moving him down further. I'm going to move him with Austin Meadows. Like, How's he not just... So, like, how's he not exactly like that? Like, yeah, they, they, they have a different makeup. Like, the hit tool is definitely I have there Meadows for higher than you, but yes. Um, but like, they're they're kind of similar in terms of that. They're, they're going to mm-hmm. be part timed. They have health issues, and you know, again, the, the makeup is different. Uh, Meadows does not have the batting average of Winker, I, but but the the overall value I think is going to be similar. And I'm out on Winker, and, and mm-hmm. it sucks. I, I love him. The, the talent's great. But I don't see it. And I mean, seems like the nicest of guys. Do you see his exit interview in Cincinnati? No, I didn't. Was he just really great? He's just talking about how much he loves the city of Cincinnati. Like, because I love the zoo and the food and, you know, this place. Like, he loved the city of Cincinnati. So he's just bummed to be gone. 
like he's like i'm gonna still come back and visit and like, like he like, like i love this place i like like you felt bad because you're like yeah you, you do forget like you know and then i'm sure you saw the christian pache um you know his announcement uh, after the trade and stuff like that just like how devastated he was to be leaving atlanta um oh. like you know that's i mean it, it was it was heartbreaking like we, we always talk about it right we forget their people and it's like hey man uh you know especially going to be on like a, a bad team a rebuilding team if you're christian pache going from the world series winning team to the to the team that's going to be down and even in winker's case he's not going to a bad team he's going to a team on the rise mm -hmm. but he's been ingrained in cincinnati now for a while yeah he came up with them so you and know pache has been a brave since he was 16 16 and i you're talking, you're talking formative years that mm -hmm. these guys are with these organizations and people that they can trust and feel comfortable with like you how know how many how many adults their best friend are still their best friends from high school like exactly you know, like, you know and I always push back like when we compare baseball to like real life jobs. Um, but you don't even have to like, just have you ever had a new job and how nerve wracking that is on, on, on the small scale of like going to be, you know, moving from one store to another. I remember when I worked uh, at the gap, I moved from one store to the other. It's like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know anything. And that's just the stupid job at the gap as, in college. This is, a much bigger deal. So I'm not even trying to say it's a one-to-one -one comparison. I'm saying that's difficult on its own. This is much bigger. By the way, Winker drafted at 17. So he too, very young when he was first brought on by this team. So um, you understand the emotion there, uh, but but he, he's going to add to this team. We've spent a lot of time kind of poo-pooing him because for, from the fantasy outlook, it's not good. But from Seattle's outlook, it is good to add these guys. And of course, they didn't have to give up as much because they it took on the Suarez money. So um, are you moving Suarez at all, by the way? You're not concerned about his hitting, but where, where's he at on your third base and shortstops? Uh, let's see. On third base, he is my 13th third baseman. And he's staying there. Do you stay steady? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And shortstop? Uh, shortstop, he is my 23rd shortstop. My, or, sorry, my, my 22nd shortstop. Okay. Uh, because he's clearly I can't rank him above Luis Urias one spot and below Luis Urias in the other spot. So. Oh, yeah. You have to be uh, you have to be on on honest on that one. Yeah. So uh and I should probably change it to Seattle. I love the 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 vitriol I get in the comment section when I have a team not, a name wrong. I know that um, those are like the biggest ones. I, I've been trying to update ours. Uh, by the way, you'll notice in your outfielders that Seiya Suzuki was put on San Diego because you texted me that that was done. I there was a blue check mark Japanese newspaper account that said it, it was it, done. It did. It did look legit. I, I agree. It, it, but it was. It's from a legitimate. I mean, it, it, it is legit, but like, it's not done yet, though. No, it's right? not. No, so yeah, said I, it's not done. Because yeah, I put, I put in, I put in. Uh, he's SCP being wined and dined at every yes, possible he location. He's got good for three. him. He deserved. Absolutely, he, he deserved this. Yeah, he yeah. deserved this over the winter, say Suzuki did, and, and didn't get it. So I now think he's sometimes these Japanese and Korean uh, players sign too quickly, and yeah. then they get very uncomfortable in the city they're at. I think he's doing exactly what he should be doing, which is, hey, I'm going to be living in this area. I don't know anybody. Let me see I'm what's gonna, up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I want to see like what the communities are like. Yeah, no, I, so. I totally agree, and I respect I respect him. Uh, that being said, sign so I know where you're playing. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we want him to sign, but I totally, totally 
respect him taking the uh, taking his time to be like, hey, I got I got to figure out what I got going on here, and uh, I want to know what 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 these teams have to offer me. Any um, uh, right. any interest in the guys that went back to Cincinnati? That's what I want to talk about: Brandon Williamson, Justin Dunn, and Jake Fraley. Justin Dunn, am I right if I put? He needs like an unforeseen development at this point, right? Like there's nothing like not playing in, in Cincinnati. Well, that would certainly help uh, at at this point. But I'm I'm talking about like you look at the profile. You can't really pluck anything out where you're like build on this, build on this. Like it's not really there as a starter's profile right now. He needs to come in with a new pitch or much more sharpened command or something. Something needs to change on his end that we're not currently seeing in the profile to get him there. Otherwise, I don't really see it. Williamson, however, is legit. He's a big-time prospect. He's the prize of this deal. Um, and, you know, you would have liked a bit better prize for, for given Winker, but that's what the that's what the Suarez money was for, was to cover and, and make it a little bit of a lesser return. But don't think that Williamson isn't a legit prospect. He was 61 in our top 100. He's got four legit pitches. As he works and refines his command and control of them, he could be something legit for them. Um, he could even be a summer call-up. He's 24 this year. He hasn't hit AAA yet, but he's going to be 24, and he'll be in AAA this year. So if he's pitching well, look for Brandon Williamson to be a summer call-up. Just know the name. The real winner is Jake Fraley, though. He's going to go out, and he should be able to play the strong side of the platoon at the very least. Yep. Now, he showed a little bit of something last year when he was had a little power speed run. It kind of fizzled out. He ended up with nine homers, 10 steals, and 265 plate appearances because he couldn't stay healthy. He had 210, but with a 352 OBP because he walked 17% of the time. Is 27-year-old – oh, automatic breakout. 27-year-old Jake Fraley, yeah. is, is, he, uh, is he moving up your list? Is he somebody of interest for you in Cincinnati? I haven't moved him yet, but I definitely will. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a better park. Uh, I think he actually has a clearer path to playing time in Cincinnati, obviously, than uh, in such a loaded team in Seattle. Yeah, he uh, was not going to play. There's power speed. I think he could hit 230 um, and be very, very interesting if he gets 500 plate appearances. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in Fraley. I think he can even hit higher with the batting average. I think part of his strikeout rate and in concert with that walk rate is taking too many pitches. I think he mm -hmm. needs to turn up the aggression a little bit. I think he this has bordered into passivity. He doesn't have an egregious swing and miss. I think he's just I think Fraley's just getting into so many deep counts that the strikeouts are coming. The walks are too, but hey man, you're passing up pitches that you can hit earlier in the at bat, jump on those get some better contact going. But I, I think there's real double-double upside here. I, I'm intrigued. I moved him way up my board. Uh, remember when we did episode 1000 with Eno and Jason and mm -hmm. Nick, and you asked, like, who is the pitching prospect that would come out of nowhere to be interesting this year? Mm -hmm. My answer was Brandon Williamson. Correct. Um, remember that. And it led so, you to also mention Matt Brash from that team. Mm -hmm. uh, this could not have gone worse. Because now he's in Cincinnati. Now he's in Cincinnati. <laughs> so um he he probably will be up. I think he'd be up earlier than summer. Um, I think he's pretty close to being ready. Um, he might even be one of those guys that skips triple A. True. Uh, like, yeah, like again, 24. Like but it, it could happen right away. I don't want him. a rookie pitcher in Cincinnati unless God, they're no. Hunter Green. Like, I mean, even then, yeah. even Hunter Green, I'm 
I'm still uh, nervous about. I'm very nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I totally feel that. But just you know, keep an eye on Williamson. If we we've seen good Cincinnati pitchers though, it's not impossible. It's no, just we, it we just just saw th- like three of them get traded, right? Or, or they're about. Well, to we've seen called. one get traded. The other two, <laughs> the other Kyle two are Molly about to. Luis Castillo so, yeah. are going to get traded. But yeah, I I agree. Um, just make sure you know Brandon Williamson because he could mm-hmm. become something this year, uh, if if things pop off. Andrew McCutcheon going out to Milwaukee. Quick one here. I think, you know, I don't think he's only going to be short side platoon. That's going to be his biggest role, though, is to is to play against lefties. Uh, but he's Andrew McCutcheon. You know, he's still going to get playing time against righties. Should he, though? Like, would you rather that he's, like, the short side primarily because of how bad he was against righties last year? He was a 650 OPS against righties, 1027 against lefties. I think he's a full-time player, dude. Just un unencumbered. Who's he platooning with? I mean, I'm just saying somebody because of how bad he is against righties. Um, I don't think he signs there unless he's getting a shot at full time, and they are full of righties. I mean, they got Telez and this uh, Yalek guy. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna platoon with Yalek. Does this, this Yalek guy play every day? <laughs> Since when? Um. I, I think unless they make another move, he's going to be at least given the opportunity to be full-time starting out. Um, yeah, I think Telez will take some of his at-bats. No, I think Telez is platooning with Brasso. Which is so stupid, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah no, because I think well, Brasso is going to mix in, too, and Brasso will get some right. I just I don't think Kutch plays every day. I don't think he plays every day. Who he's going to play against Reddies. Tyrone Taylor? They're going to platoon him with a bunch of righties? I don't think it's a straight platoon. Yes. They're going to, like, Jace Peterson's going to play too. I'm not saying it's right. Brasso, I'm, Peterson, Taylor, they're going to play. Me and Andrew Jason Martinez disagree with you. I think I think he is going to play. I think he's going to play a lot. Um, now, and I think he's supposed to be sub 700 inj- OPS against righties. I think with the injury problems on this team, he's, you know, if he, unless he's one of the injury problems, which he could be, he has been somewhat injury prone late in his career. Um, I think there's going to be lots of paths to playing time on this team. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's pretty underrated. Uh, yeah. He's going I mean, super late. He went, like, oh, yeah. got him like the 27th or 28th round. I, I like guy. that. He hit 222 last year. Like I like mm-hmm. McCutcheon 27 homers, six, six steals, but he can't, I mean, you gotta fix. You gotta. You gotta sell me on him fixing himself against righties, though. There's a 217 Babbitt that might have played a little bit of mm-hmm. a role, but he was pretty bad against them in in the in the 2020 sample as well. And and his Babbitt was just fine. So I don't know, man. I, I think I need to be sold that he can handle righties every day. Before I think McCutcheon is going to just be an unquestioned everyday player. Um, I like the price. I'm open to that. But he's 35, and I just don't know if he's going to rebound against righties or not. That's my concern. I so, just don't know who they go with. I like just I, gave, like, I'm all the players that they have, dude. Like, it doesn't have to be a perfect platoon. Guys like Brasso, Peterson, Taylor, they're going Brasso's to not gonna play against righties. I, he's yeah. going to play, he's going to be, he's going to just play lefties. And unless there's an injury, they don't, they don't, the Chris, Keston like, he, Hero season. The problem teams is teams don't just let guys rot on, on, on the bench. The like problem they, is like almost all of these guys they have don't have options. 
So like yeah. either Tyrone Taylor or Keston Hero are going is going to the minors. So like you're saying Brasso's not going to play against righties, but then you're just saying that McCutcheon has no uh, like just will continue to play against. Him. He's he's been the same against righties over the last two years, over the last season plus. I don't want to use twenty. They just paid him full man. season. How how much? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, jack shit. Relative to more you know, than Brasso value, okay. But again, that doesn't mean he plays every day. I, I don't. Even, I don't even have a, a dollar amount here. Do, do we have anything on more than? What he got no, I, I haven't seen it. More more yeah. than I'm getting paid. Yeah, I have this more. conversation about McCutcheon. I mean, again, I like him. I just I think you're closing off the idea that he won't miss time. I think he absolutely will. I'm sure Fridays. he will. But like, I think he I think he has a a fairly decent chance of getting five five hundred plate appearances. What? But again, and also. Do you want that? He hit 222 last year. That's bad. It's very bad. This is true. He also hit 27 home runs and stole six oh, bases. Okay. Like I I'll, I'll take that. Um if if I'm getting that like at the end of a draft, fine. If yeah, fine. The, a lot of guys going in the 28th 29th round are going to hit 2 something, 220 something. Yeah, but they're not all thirty-five that and can't hit okay, two thirds of the league. When if he struggle, if he continues to struggle, or if he gets injured, you drop him. Is that we're talking about like the end of a draft? Yeah, right I, now I he just, right now if if we believe roster resource and I mean it's like I as, love Jason. A, I don't want as to a company Jason, man. We always like, believe roster resource. No, that's just his best. He guess, is currently like, penciled in to be a full time player. As that just means hitter. he doesn't have a platoon partner. That doesn't mean that he's going to play as every the number day four hitter. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know I don't if I buy it either. That. I think I'd rather have Hunter Renfro hitting fourth. Yeah, um, absolutely, especially but, against righties, especially because I love Hunter Renfro this year. Have I told you Me how too. much I love Hunter Renfro this year? You, you have not. You have not. I, I have told the podcast that, and then you'll mm-hmm. probably say I've been loving Hunter Renfro long, and I'll be like, no, dude. I love him more. I will have a um, love I, contest. He was one of those guys where I had See, him really there, there low. I had him really low in my ranks, and then uh, he boosted him. I well, I I went and saw like what people made in terms of like value in twenty twenty one, and I went. He was like a tw- top twenty outfielder last yeah, year. Yeah, no, Renfro. And, Renfro was a G, and I. Dug into it and I was like, I kind of buy a lot of this. He made yep. real gains um, from one and from one good part to another too. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally in on, on Renfro. I, I really do like him. Good power guy down there too. I would take Great Renfro defense, over Cruz, yeah. and and I don't have to. So that's another reason why I wouldn't draft Nelson Cruz at the elevated price that you're talking about. I, I, I got Renfro, Renfro at like pick 180 or something like that, and in, in in Barf, I was pretty yeah. happy. So as Cruz moves up. He's bypassing Renfro. See ya, Nelson Cruz. I'm taking Renfro. I'll take both. Fair, but I mean, probably I'm probably not like I'm taking them back to back. I guess if you need a big power infusion, that could be a really. I don't nice... think I need to take Renfro back to back. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, like I said, I got Renfro no, like they're 150, 180. I mean, it's pretty close there. Well, Obviously, that's yeah. That's I don't. Third, have, I mean, pitch, if I need the but... if I need the power, kind of just depends on the power. That's a nice infusion there. If mm-hmm. you did take them back to back, you could also maybe take this guy, Dan Daniel Vogelbach, going out to <laughs> Pittsburgh. What are you laughing at? He has a lot of power. <laughs> he had thirty homers back in twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, twenty nineteen, huh? Oh yeah, because that was so far ago. He's no, par- it was rabbit ball. I, 
Oh, you don't think Daniel Vogelbach has power? I don't think he, he has a ton of power. I don't think he has 30 home run power, especially not in Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. We, we're taking crazy pills today. I got it. Okay. All right. We're, we're on some bullshit today. Okay. No problem. No problem. Um, I mean, he's going to play a bunch. Of, you know, he'll get platooned. They got guys. They got Michael Chavis to be a kind of a perfect platoon with him. Short side. Uh, that is the I, grossest platoon of all time. It's, it's not Vogelbach great. Vogelbach and... I don't think he'll get 30 homers this year because I don't think he'll play enough for that. I do think he has the the power capability to hit 30. Um, you know, he was a 788 OPS against righties last year with eight homers and 224 plate appearances. I don't know. I, I think there's reason to think he could pop 20. Um, it's a deep league play without a doubt. Uh, doesn't seem like Vogelbach gives you any interest, but, but do you have any interest in Daniel Vogelbach? No. Bad team. Um, you know, I mean. Wait, when does bad team ever stopped you? You took Cedric fucking Mullins last year on the worst team true. in the universe. Like, you use that as, you can't use it as a positive and a negative. I can. I no, you can't. It. See no, how I do this? I, I'm, I'm the mental gymnastics here. No, like, I'm, that's the I'm thing. really I'm, good I'm, at this. I, you're not. I just, for I'm a big just guy, you would, you. you would think that I would be very inflexible. I am very flexible, can do the mental gymnastics. No, I'm um, completely pulling the rug out from under you on that. Absolutely yeah, not. I, I think like in a DC, he makes sense. Yeah, um, I think Vogelbach, you know. Uh, but I mean, outside, like I wouldn't draft him in a 15-teamer, like a, a 15-team regular league. Yeah, probably First a base is so deep. Yeah. But I mean, like uh, one thing I like, and I'm just intrigued by it, I, I don't know if there's anything there, but like he makes pretty decent contact for a, a power guy. I, Almost I wish, 90% zone contact. Um, I wish it would result in some batting average, though, you know, yeah. to, to counterbalance. Like, okay, maybe he isn't a, a raw 30 homer guy. So fine, be more in the 20s, but then why can't you hit 250 with all this contact? I know part of it's well, speed. He's never going to leg out anything. Yeah. But he's, he's, got like like a two, a, he's a career 242 Babbitt without being a heavy fly ball guy. So Vogelbach's kind of weird to me. All of a sudden, he went from a guy who was like a thirty-five percent fly or thirty-five percent ground ball guy to like a forty-five percent ground ball guy. So he's just smashing the ball into the ground. Yeah, and he's he's big and slow. Do you think is there like a, a, you know he, he is big and slow? So related to that, is there like an inflexibility thing? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't want to speak out of turn, um, but it's weird, right? Because you look at this like 6% swinging strike rate, 22% strikeout rate, 17% walk rate. This is a plate profile that I would gen with, with pop, I would generally be like, yo, this is kind of interesting for a 29-year-old. But yeah. I look at it and I'm like, these bad suck shit. These batting average suck shit. I don't know what to do. I, I, I and so I end up just passing. I don't really take Vogelbach anywhere. In in 2019, when he had the 30 home runs, he had a pretty much 45% fly ball percentage. Every okay. other year, it's been thirty-five percent or below. So he, like, he can't elevate. He just he just doesn't elevate. Um, I think twenty nineteen is an anomaly. I think he's probably like a fifteen to twenty homer guy um, on a bad team that he's not going to play every day for. So he'll have some runs. Yeah, probably. I think he'll have some. And you pick him up off the waiver wire, and then when he goes back to platooning or. Um, you know, guys come back that got hurt, then, you know, he'll go back to being kind of a part-timer. But you don't draft that. 
taking us an hour to get to third base. It's going to piss one person off. They were in the comments the other day. Oh, really? So, yeah. They, they apologized. So I'm, I'm tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek roasting here, but they're like, they don't even talk about third base until whenever. I'm like, it's all labeled. Yeah, we de- we didn't start talking about third base until because you know we talked. Yeah, about you're the nice enough to give timestamps. I don't give timestamps. Well, and, uh... you know because we had just gotten moves, and so we were talking about Rodon yeah. and Kershaw and Ranger Suarez and all that. And you know they put like, if you're tuning in Lauren Dubbert about third baseman, the first mentions at 49 minutes, disappointed. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's at 36, and I labeled it. The listeners act as if we do the show for them. This is I'm just having a conversation with my friend, and we've decided <laughs> to record it. No, and I was like, listen, the timestamps are there. We started 36 minutes. We were really excited to talk about some deals. Come on, help, you know, give me a little break here. He's like, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize. So this is all good. But I was like, hour and four really, minutes now. You're really going to be mad about an hour and four minutes. So let's talk some third base. Our very first guy has already been discussing Eugenio Suarez. Um, these are called the once great rebound candidates. We're not as concerned about him moving out to Seattle, but it will hamper him. It's it's still bad. It's just not as bad as it is for Winker. But I included Suarez with Matt Chapman, who will probably soon have a new home as well, and Mike Moustakis. Is he going to get dealt? Are all three of these guys going to be somewhere else by opening day? What, what do you think? Like, Let's start with... Who, uh, who do the Reds have to pair with Mike Moustakis for someone to take that contract? Exactly. Maybe Molly? Oh, maybe. Maybe it's a Molly Moose? To uh, where though? I don't know who, who needs both pitching and a first, second, second baseman is not no. good. DH, he's good uh, playing second base. Oh, who cares about that? Um, he can play first, third, and DH. Second. White Sox, no, they just signed Josh Harrison. Yeah, either way, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they kept Mustakis or if they traded him. Same. Um, I, I think he could reasonably stay, but he makes he's got. 34 mil they on can the just books, move him. Though. They can just move him back to third now that Suarez is yeah, gone, right? Absolutely. So, like that's the thing. Whatever they are acquiring in these deals, they can kind of keep moving it. Because right? they're no longer as stacked as they were. So they could probably just go status he, quo with Musa. He's got third unencumbered right now. India's yeah. got second. Um so yeah, they but, can, until they want to bring up Barrero and move Farmer to third. He's got visa issues right now, it looks like, too. Barrero. Oh, that's right. So that's a bummer. So stay tuned on that. Here's the thing. These are worth knowing, but that doesn't mean automatic, like, move them way down your list because they can be handled, like, in a day. Like, sometimes it can take a while, and it could be, or it could be handled. It's instantly. a bigger issue for pitchers because they're not able to ramp up in the same way. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not as worried about it for hitters. You know, Barrero could probably come in, have a, he might even go to triple anyways, but. Like, but he could be ready in a week. Like, I'm not super worried about a guy who's a hitter coming off these precisely. Um, but anyway, Moose, Moose, rough season last year, right? 66. It was uh, all OPS health, plus. Yeah, 62 games, six over. I am open to throwing it out as like health concern. However, I think he's a now. steal right now. I, I've been drafting him like crazy, especially now that Suarez is gone. He's not going to have like a you know someone to share time with. Uh, um, they've got the DH. Like, I I think he's a real bargain if he stays where he is. I don't think he's going to be a guy who jumps up super much either. So, yeah, I think no. this is a really, really good bargain. Yeah, I don't think this trade, uh, even though it does open things up a bit more, I think people are still agree- like believing that he was going to be a like starter. No, no one on Twitter was going, ooh, free Moustakis yesterday. Moustakis season. <laughs> yeah. But I am, I am actually really... 
uh, happy about this move for, for Moose mm -hmm. because it, it does it does clear the path. And I think he's going to rebound, right? It comes down to health. And you're going to yeah. know. Like, if he's not healthy, it is something that you can move from. He was, he's uh, th pick 331 on average. He's not expensive for Moose. He is only third base eligible this year. But I'm totally fine with that. Third base is the position that sucks anyway. If I could pick mm -hmm. only one, that's where I would want him to qualify. That's why we took an hour to get to it because we didn't want to talk about it's it. It's so bad. Yeah, we were just trying to put it out. Justin, refresh MLB trade rumors. Are there any more moves? Please, 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 <laughs> please, please, please. I do not want to talk about The Rockies are, are, are really making a push to uh, sign Bryant. Would that get you back on him? Yeah, I think it might. Finally, mm -hmm. you're so you're so mean. You're so mean to him. So many of you in the fantasy world are mean to Chris Bryant. Leave him alone. I like Chris Bryant. Um, projections on Moose range from well, it's basically playing time. They range from tw eighteen to thirty homers, but the playing time ranges from four four hundred fifteen plate appearances to six forty four. Fangraphs depth charts happens to be the one that has him at six forty four and thirty homers. Obviously, they are able to respond quickly to the the trade and his him getting a full time role now with Moose. Mm -hmm. Do you believe he can get back to thirty homers? I do. Yeah, if he's healthy, I, I think he definitely can. So, I think so too. I, th I think, like I said, I think he's a bargain where he's going right now. So, have you already drafted him? Uh, I think I've got a couple shares. No, I, I yeah, always I say that and then I check and I don't. <laughs> I think. Uh, let me see. I do have him in. I don't. I don't have him anywhere. I have him in two so already. I like the thought of Moustakis. But you I'm like the sure. idea of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have him in two already, and then a third, the one that I'm in right now, the one where I took uh, Joe Ryan in the first round. I have Moose in that in that draft as well. So I got him in three drafts. I'm in, and I do think he gets back. And if not, I think you'll know with the health, and you can kind of move on from him. So I do think it's one of those cut-and-dried sort of things where you're in or you're out, and you don't have to worry too much about, about it with Moustakis. Matt Chapman. We all expect them to get traded now as they continue to dismantle the, the ball club. I'm not sure exactly where it is. It All of it should be better than Oakland, right? Like it's hard to find a worse park that he could go to. He is coming off a 27 homer, 72 RBI season, but it came out with a 210 average and his strikeout rate issues from 2020 held. We saw that in 2020 when he was dealing with the injury, 37 games, like, well, maybe that's not the new him. And it was just kind of, injury and in a rough season 33 percent strikeout last year which was really tough is this just who he is or is there a path back to you know mid 20 strikeout rates for matt chapman how are you viewing the 29 year old third baseman uh possibly in a new home sooner than later um somebody and i'm blanking on who it was i was talking to somebody on a podcast uh and they said isn't matt chapman just joey gallo at third base and I went, I'm going to push point. back on that. And then I went, I kind of looked and I went, oh, God, that is eerily similar. Certainly um, last year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, like, I want to move Matt Chapman up my board. Um, but I, I, find a really, I find it really hard to do it. Um, like, he deserved that 210 average he had last year. Like, yes, that, that was earned. Um, it was indeed. You know, and you can't even say like, well, you know, he was coming off the hip issue and, you know, he so he struggled out of the gate, but like he was worse in the second half than he was in yeah, the first half. It, it didn't get like better. It, he might have worn down, but like yeah. he played all year. And, and, you know, I do think that he, he probably wasn't 100%. I think Chapman, he played 151 mm -hmm. games. 
Being on the field does not mean you're 100%. He's that grinder type who's going to play. So he might have been playing more at 85 90%, and it showed. It was bad. But is there a path back? Like, what What? What, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, here? maybe I mean, he's healthy and, and he just, you know, doesn't strike out so much. But um, I'm – it's more of like a gut feeling than it is like I can see something in the profile or see something in a swing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a matter of like, Hey, he used to be better than this, but at some point you also have to go, maybe he doesn't get back to being that guy. So uh, especially cause he is a guy who plays defense so hard and True. gets nicked up. And um, so, yeah, I, I have not drafted him. Uh, I probably won't draft him. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm torn. This is a guy I really like, man. I was really, really on the Matt Chapman train uh, just in general. I have him in a lot of spots. I have him in four drafts already, including TGFBI, the triple play we were in together, the DC that we were in together, and the Arizona Fall League draft. So, so I got him in, in the three leagues we're in together. Yep. Uh, I got I got, got him, him everywhere. So just get him. If, if we're in the same event, just draft him again. I mean, Save I'm me not from him because I, I yeah, like I, I'm not averse to it. I, I don't feel like I'm paying an egregious price, and that's why I, I, why I keep going back it's, to the well. It's a very enticing price. It really is. Like, yeah, he's going super late, but there is a reason he is going super late. Exactly, it it, the skills are gross. It might be a name value thing that makes it enticing too, because you see such a, a glossy name down there, and you're like. Ooh, Matt Chapman. And then, like you said, you did the double take when you're when someone told you Joey Gallo, and you're like, I wish I could remember is, who said that, but yeah, you know, it is Joey Gallo. It is a Eugenio Suarez esque, and Josh Donaldson goes after him. Maybe he shouldn't. You know, he should. Uh, Eduardo Escobar. Maybe he should go ahead of him. To be he quite should. honest, yeah. uh, Jamer Candelario doesn't have quite the power, but definitely has the batting average. Maybe he should go ahead of him. He should. And none of those three guys are going ahead of him consistently. Or four so guys. Uh, he, here's the thing with a guy like Chapman, because it's a guy like Gallo. And so when Danielle was doing her TGFBI draft this year, I, I created a spreadsheet for her so she could input the projections for each one of her players that she drafted and, and see like how it moved guys up and down the statistics, especially for yes. things like, you know, it's easy to do for counting categories. For, counting for cats, your yeah. ERA, whip, and batting average, it's hard to kind of like see like how things are going to move things. In order to draft someone like Gallo, who is someone she was considering at one point, yeah, she uh, needed or actually, power. sorry, no, it was uh, it was Patrick Wisdom or Miguel Sano. Okay, in, in order to like make up for a 200 batting average, you need two guys who are going to hit 280, like full time 280 as well. Yeah, like it, it's such a to get to a 260 batting average, you need two guys who are going to hit 280 or above to make up for a Joey Gallo or a Matt Chapman or an Andrew McCutcheon. And that was my point earlier. Or an and I know McCutcheon. he, and I know he's cheap and that was your, but the pushback. difference is McCutcheon may not play every day. So you actually yeah. don't need as much. That's you true. might That's get true. away That's with true. you might, you know, cause he probably only gets 450 plate appearances, but Matt Chapman, Chapman can get 650 if he's he healthy. It's 22 last year. Yep. And he was injured for part yep. of it. Like yep. he's going to, he, he could have, like you said, 650. Like that's, that's really hard to make up that batting average. Oh, um, you're, you're right. It's almost where his volume beca can become a detriment. It, it, at, at it a absolutely point. is if you care about batting average. Now, if you are yeah. punting batting average, perfect guy to go after. Like, but but try not to. Try not to ever be punting anything at the table. 
I don't mind can, punting. Avoid it. I really don't. Um, but I, I just, I'm a big I, proponent of I know. it in the standalone leagues. Yeah, and um, you have done that successfully. I mm-hmm. try to not be actively punting at the table. If I get there, you know, if, if if something leads me there, that's one thing. But I don't like to go in with the plan of like, oh, I'm punting here. Yeah. So, um, but 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 it's I. It's not I, for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And how you manage and how you want to manage is important, and keep that in mind when you're doing this. Right? It comes down. We talked about it as far as like uh, people that you'll put on your team. Uh, it's the same as it, it, this is a little bit different, but it's uh, same vibe of like. You want it to be fun and enjoyable for you the way that you want to play. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind with batting average. Uh, but yeah, good good chat there on on Chapman. I I don't feel bad about all, all the shares I have. I understand the risk that comes with them, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the scary rebound candidates: Alec Bohm, Kevin Biggio, and JD Davis. They're scary because they don't really have that much of a peak. You know, they're, they're, we're grasping onto something that that isn't. Uh, isn't that bankable? You know, Alec Bohm had nine seconds in the majors that we thought was really great and then completely fell apart last year. He went from a 137 uh, OPS plus in just 180 plate appearances in 2020. And then last year he was a disaster down to a 75 mark. Now he is kind of getting that, okay, you, you, you burned us. So we're going to put you in the discard pile. He's going down at 283. Yeah. Is that cheap enough to get you back in on the bone train, or, or were you ever in on the bone train? I was huge on the bone train. I apologize for for misleading everyone because I, I, I was I think this whole on. pod because we both were so. <laughs> and Cabrian, to be honest, we I think we drove mm-hmm. on both of them. We said we all both. Yeah, third base was a bad position day. for baseball, yeah. but also for us. Um, yeah, we were like both go get them. So yeah, I'm with you on Alec Bone. But are you getting back in at this price? I have drafted him once. Um, okay. I just double checked it. It was my first non Arizona Fall League draft of the year. Um, I've not drafted him since. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, they sent him down when they didn't really have a, a great replacement. So he was struggling so badly. What's the what's stopping them from doing that again? If True. they if he struggles again, and I just don't know that the upside is so great. I mean, obviously, twenty twenty, he's not going to have near that kind of year again. Like he hit 338. Like it's just is he, he just 10 Babbitt. Yeah, we, it was we just a 60 a game season. Like it exactly. just was um so like is he like like a mid teens homer guy with a decent batting average like a maybe 270 280 batting average and five stolen bases. Say. Yeah. Like is that kind of upside worth the downside? I don't know that it is. I think at the price it is because Alec Bohm again is going at 283. Isn't there more upside though? Too if you like the projections like, what have you what think, you said. Oh, that's what the projections are saying. Okay. Yeah, because the, but but they're saying it in 120 games. Do you so think that's his put, full season? Yeah, I think or, that's what his full season line is. Like I think that's 145 games or whatever. Like okay, I, so you're definitely under the projections because yeah. if they like him for this, what you said, mid-teens homers, five steals, and a solid average, two sixty, mid two sixties for 121 games. He needs to make some real changes to his swing path in order for him to unlock any more power than that. Um, I mean, this is a guy who's got like almost 60 percent ground ball percentage. I mean, this has uh, only given him like a one forty mid one forties ISO with his mid teens homers. Yeah, I, I really don't know that he's going to be anything more than that. 
unless he stops hitting the ball into the ground. Like, um, yeah, no, I, and I, I, I think that's part of the approach is he he is not a guy trying to put the ball in the air. He's just trying to get on base, and that might be great for his real life value, but for fantasy, that is not great. Um, and I just don't see, unless I see, you know, he's one of those guys, like we start saying spring training games and he's launching stuff yeah. in the way that like Vladdy was launching stuff. I will completely change my tune. Um, but not to say he can become Vladdy. I'm not saying. No, that. no, please, no, no, but just please you're, don't, you're please don't make a rotoware shirt that says uh, Alec Baum is the next Vladimir uh, Guerrero. Uh, like, Luke, Luke Cooper wrote up a piece on, on Baum's power here. And I'm, I'm going to have to read it after. Cause I, I had not read it. Like just asking like, where, where's his power. And I am going to be curious of his takeaway. Um, it's in the grass in front of home plate. I mean, that, give it. that is the problem. He does. He does beat the ball into the ground a lot. Like you're saying, I want five years good. old. Yeah. I, I think there's upside. Listen, I think, I think that all the downside is covered in the price. 283 is a perfectly fair price for me with from Alec Bohm. Yeah, that I, I can I take that. I think usually a, by then I've got my guys, though. Yeah, I mean, Moose is right there, so you know I'm taking yeah. Moose or Chapman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's in between Chapman and Moose, which is why I don't I'll have take, any Alec I'll Bohm. take Moose every day there. I will, too. But uh, and usually I, I'm, I'm trying not, to attack third so much earlier because I don't want to play in this back end of the pool. Correct, and I'm hope I'm hoping to get uh, you know like a corner here. By the way, you we talked about this uh, on the last episode. You said, "What's the difference between like your corner and and your third? There's no difference. Mm-hmm. They're just positions." I agree to a degree. I think the the what people are saying when they say that is corners go later. Generally speaking, you fill it later, and the implication when you're saying I'd like this guy as my corner is that you're trying to pay a cheaper price. I think it's fair, but I also have heard people like break down drafts and go, "Mm, I don't like him as your third baseman. Like, what does it matter? I've got like eight round first baseman to make up for that. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that, that I don't necessarily agree. I understand what you're saying. And that makes a lot of sense, but the way I've heard other people talk about it, like I do not like there's more value to third base than there is to the, yeah, like you get more points or something because your yeah. third baseman is better than your C like I don't CI know. and MI are half points. Like it, uh, it was the whole argument like well I don't want to I don't want to like a very like I don't I don't want to block my UT with a really really good player. Exactly. Why? It's like it's, you, it's you still production player. like you count the production counts the same at UT if it as opposed to in the outfield because they think there's magic players going to fall to them yeah. late in the draft that they have to be able to take and I always that's the thing I always push back on. Uh Kevin Biggio Broke out in 19 as well, 16, or uh, not as well, Bone was 20. But he broke out in 19, came up for 100 games, went 16 and 14 homers and steals. Only hit 234, had strikeout issues, but he was another guy. You talk about, like, passivity. Did not have a big swing and miss rate, had a 17% walk rate. So, like, Fraley, we were talking about earlier, that's what Kevin Bijo is like. He is a guy going up there almost looking for the walk getting in these super deep counts so it keeps the strikeout rate high even though he doesn't have a high swing and miss the walk rates are high but he was down to seven homers three steals in 294 plate appearances last year and 84 wrc plus have we already seen the best of kevin biggio or can he get back to double double world i mean i think there is a um you know a universe in the spider-verse that kevin biggio is still good um, I don't know that I'm betting on it. 
I have him on one team. It was that team where I told you it's just like the worst possible roster construction. Yeah, you hated the and Bills. And this is the example of why you don't just take best player available for the first six to eight rounds. Yeah. Um, because by the end of it, you go, oh, no, Kevin Biggio is my starting third baseman. <laughs> and you don't like that? No, I don't like oh, okay. that. Even okay, though cool. I've got two good CIs. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, the spinal issue that he had last year scares the crap out of me it wasn't for that i would be more interested but you add on the kind of the completely falling apart of the profile into an injury risk already and a chance that maybe toronto says like hey you aren't gonna be a starter full-time if they go get a match well they're talking they're talking about getting freeman though too yeah but freeman would would fly back to third yes he would He'd move, he'd move Vlad back to third. But then he could, Biggio could play second. Oh, uh, yeah, second. I guess. We have a pencil in that second right Simmons. now anyway. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Um, I wonder if they might like Santiago Espinal more. They point. might. And so, like, I, yeah, I mean, I took him in that one draft where everything just went to shit. Um, but that's the only scenario. And I'm hoping that the rest of my drafts, not everything goes to shit. You know, here's the thing. He was a 40 future value in his 2019 report. I've been playing a lot of OOTP late, lately, out of the park baseball, excellent game. Just a brilliant simulator that m- mirrors real life just so well. 40 level players can spike a, a decent season, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you add 19 and 20 together, that's like a good season for Biggio. It, it's 159 games of a 117 WRC+. plus. It's about the max of what a 40 can do think we've probably seen the best of Biggio. I think it really only either maybe inches back up toward that. It's not going to be better than what it was in 1920 combined. It's probably not even to make a, back to a, it. some drastic changes. Exactly. Um, and I don't see that coming. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, I need to see it first is for, you know, I, I definitely could see it coming. Blue Jays are a good organization. He has talent, um, but I need to see it first. I'm not going to pay on the on the on the bet that it's going to happen yep yep i think that's fair mets jd davis also 2019 guy right a lot of rabbit ball guys here that we're talking about trying to or two two out of the three i guess uh and then some of the guys from the previous grouping including matt chapman so jd davis hit 22 homers in with a 307 average and 453 plate appearances in 2019 was still pretty good in in the 2020 season 56 games um and was good again last year 73 games worth of a 130 wrc plus Health really got him though. The strikeout rate did surge up to 32, but he still hit 285 because when JD Davis hits the ball, he destroys it. Now he had a 426 Babbitt last year to keep that batting average high. That's not going to happen again, even in 211 plate appearances. But can JD Davis stay healthy enough to have like a, a full breakout? I think 19 stands as his breakout right now, but even that was still 453 plate appearances. Is there a path to a 500 plus plate appearance JD Davis breakout? Not on the Mets. Yeah. I think he needs to be traded, and that that has been rumored. I mean, both or him, McNeil, and Dom Smith have all been rumored to be available um, Mm -hmm. and that the Mets are shopping them. Uh, So I think that there is – I think – oh, my God. So Matt Olson just got an eight-year extension. They paid him? Yeah. 
Is that Sharp t- talking to you about it on the phone? Ken Rosenthal tweets um, that, yeah, $15 million in 2022, 21 in 2023, and then $22 million from 24 to 29. They gave Olsen an eight-year contract, but they would not give Freeman a five-year. He's four years older. I understand. Again, from but the bit from the baseball business, I, I understand. I understand. I'm just so I know. No, I'm not. I'm not disputing. You. I'm saying from the baseball. We don't business need to talk another hour. About this makes a ton life. of sense. But in Atlanta's situation, they could have just paid Freddie. I agree. I agree. But that's crazy. Um. Anyway, JD Davis, are you are you betting on him? Are you buying him? No. He's four, I need he's to pick four twenty though. You're not in on it at all with the because the performance has been good. All the way through, you're just, just I know you're worried about the playing round time, but targets. he's definitely he's not off my board, um, or anything, but there's just other late round targets I tend to lean towards. So, okay. I mean, if I'm in need of a guy, I, I like the multi position eligibility, right? Third and outfield, third and outfield, um, no, nope, just and, third this year in, in um, 20, 20 gamers, in 20 gamers. Yeah, oh, no, I know he, he only played 73 games, so yeah, he didn't really have time yeah, to qualify that, for us. He, it's just third base. I honestly, if it's just third base, then probably not. Like, uh, un- okay. unless he ends up in a better situation, like, you know, I mean, anywhere he goes, maybe a better park, more than likely, um, unless he's part he of that Chapman deal. Um, and, but he needs full time playing time. I'd rather take a guy uh, with full time playing time, like my boy Carter Keepham. All right. We're going to try a speed round. We're very bad okay. at this because we both like to talk a lot. So, one more. Hour. I'm going to keep you on track. Single category use. Luis Arise, batting average, Pat, Patrick Wisdom, power. Which of these two appeals to you more, if I force you to take one? Patrick sure. Wisdom, because I feel more confident in the playing time. I, I think the trades to Minnesota may jeopardize the full-time playing time for Rice. They absolutely did. Now, I forced you to take one of them. You took Wisdom. Are you taking Wisdom? I have. Okay. If I'm in desperate need of power late, but it needs to be desperate need. Because as yeah. much as he has the you're clear take path to playing time, well, yeah, you're going to take the average single, but there's also a chance he loses that job. Like, he could just turn yeah. back into a pumpkin. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I know a we very have a rise. beefy, burly pumpkin. <laughs> I, I, and hey, we talked a lot about uh, the good-looking players of the league. He's also sharp. Yes. Uh, Luis Arise is penciled in at second, and Polanco's at short. Twins fans have said he's not – Polanco cannot play short. So I love Jason – I think he's wrong on, on putting Polanco at short, and the rise is not a full-time player right now, so I agree with you there. The potentially useful guys, potentially useful guys, Abraham Toro in Seattle, Joey Wendell, Miami, Hasyung Kim, Pittsburgh, Hunter Dozier, KC, Yandy Diaz, Tampa Bay, Brian Anderson, Florida, or Miami, excuse me, and then Josh Harrison, the White Sox. Toro just got hit yesterday. Are you mm. still in on him? I know we liked him, but now with this Probably deal. Probably not. Okay. I, I just, uh, unfortunately, I mean, he's still multi-positional eligible. Maybe I take a gamble on him really late because uh, his it, price will crater. That was my question. Um, Do you think the price goes down now for yeah. Toro? Like, I think he could be a $1 player at Tout um, okay. this weekend. So, um, you know, he may be a guy I, I try to try to sneak through early or something. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. His playing time isn't safe enough at this point. And that's a bummer, too, because I, I, I did – I, I was liking Abraham Toro. Yeah. Joey yeah. Wendell, you know, quietly went 11 and eight last year, just two steals shy of a double double, although it was eight for 14. So be careful. He's not a good base stealer, but he does have eight, three straight years and then 16 back in 2018. Usually a decent batting average guy gave you a non zero pop. You like Joey Wendell as a as a utility guy in Miami. He does have sure, du- dual eligibility I, as well. 
I don't think they're going to add anything else. And so uh, I think he's probably going to get to 500 plate appearances. Um, Him or teammate Brian Anderson? Wendell. Because of Anderson's health or skills or both? Both. Okay. Ha Seung Kim, we love him. Three months of Tatis being gone, I'm all in on Ha Seung Kim. How much does that help our boy? Oh, my God. We don't cheer injuries, but we do acknowledge that they create potential opportunities, and Ha Seung Kim now has a better chance. They, uh, I think Preller even said, like, as he was asked, like, would they be in on Korea or Story? And, and they, they don't want to, they don't want to make a mess of things long term. We yeah. have Hasyan Kim. We signed him for a reason. Yes, I love so. that. So that's our boy. Where did? How much do you think he'll go up? He is going on at pick three forty six on average. Where do you think Kim? Probably inside the top three hundred, but I don't think it's going to go much higher than that. If mm-hmm. even that high, because he was so bad last year on, you know, surface wise. So yeah, a lot of people aren't um, digging him anymore because of how bad he was, but you and I, I think are he's fully a, bought in. Yeah. I think he is a, I think he's a sneaky, sneaky play. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was in before hoping he mm-hmm. would just super util. Now he has a clear path with the, with the Tatis injury. Hunter Dozier couldn't have been a bigger disaster last year. I mean, I guess he could have 82 WRC plus those pretty bad. Did hit 16 homers with five steals giving a little intrigue. They're paying him a bit. He is playing Hunter Dozier doing anything for you as, as a potentially useful guy. He needs to hit now. Like he has three weeks until they bring up Nick Prado and, and wit and start um, to make things heavy and, on him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of exit velocity. He needs to make contact. I'm I'm willing to chalk up a lot of it to he got COVID in 2020 and then mm-hmm. got hurt last year, uh, but he's got three weeks to figure it out, um, and then he's screwed. So yeah, I, I think that's a great way to don't put it draft with. him in a draft and hold. Don't draft him in a league where the replacement on the waiver wire is awful because he may need to come off your team very quickly. Yeah, be careful with Hunter Dozier, but keep an eye on him because if he does get going. There is still some intrigue there, but you know it, it can go away quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, from Hunter Dozier to Yandy Diaz, can he lift the ball? Or is he just the same guy? Are we are we done pretending that he's going to take a take a change in talent and actually start lifting the ball? Is he just? So I is? see it. I I just I'm not going to believe it. Like I just yeah, I need to see it. Like low double digits homers uh, as a part time player. Like, mostly he's a first round pick in my arm wrestling competition, but outside oh, 100%. of that, percent. Yeah, no, I, sorry. I, I'm totally with you. Uh, Brian Anderson, we already talked about Josh Harrison. You mentioned he went, goes out to the White Sox. I think you guys talked about that on Sunday's show as well. Super Util can play anywhere. Does not have a guaranteed spot right now, but Lurie Garcia is penciled in at second. Uh, and Adam Ingles They just signed right Lurie field. Garcia to a three-year contract. Lurie Garcia is, okay. pl- Lurie Garcia is playing. Um I mean, Josh Harrison can mix in for everybody. Yeah, and all this does is complicate other people, right? Like, what happens now to Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn? And Andrew Vaughn, two guys Um, I love. Yeah, I mean, this makes a lot of them hard to draft. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not probably drafting Josh Harrison. I'm probably not drafting Andrew Vaughn, even though I'd love to. Uh, And I'm probably not drafting Gavin Sheets. So I'm still drafting Sheets. Yeah. You why why would you draft Nelson Cruz at pick one twenty when you can Gavin Sheets two hundred picks later? Okay, I'm not going that far. I just <laughs> but don't be surprised at Gavin Sheets. But you can't awesome draft if you like Gavin Sheets, you can't draft. No, Nelson exactly. Cruz. That's that's part of why you know another reason why I'm not taking Cruz. 
Um, I do have sheets in three leagues mm-hmm. uh, already, so I'm, I'm in on the sheets. Yep. You know who I really like in this, and the Josh Harrison complicates this guy in our next group here, the unheralded youth, Jake Berger. Yeah, he's buried, and I've got, I've got lots of burgers. <laughs> but he can quickly emerge, though. I think he's a guy that if the talent plays, they're going to find a spot for him. I've got him in three think- leagues. I like that. Um, he's a former he's a first rounder burger. back in 2017 and health has been a disaster for him, but he's back feeling healthy. He's, you know, talking up on his instas uh, on his socials that he's, you know, ready to go. I do think that if he's healthy, Jake Berger can find his way into, into roles, but we don't know that, that missing piece yet. So burger rolls. You, so you've got your burgers. I, I like, have- I like Jake Berger a lot. I think he needs a trade. I honestly, yeah, maybe he might maybe need he could it. be part of a Craig Kimbrell deal or something, or um, a Mike Mustakis deal. Uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, he needs. No, I, needs, I think it's needs a different location. Maybe, maybe Oakland would in be a Montas Manaya deal because in a Montas or Manaya deal that yeah. would be really interesting. They're uh, talking Montas Manaya right now. Montas would be a return to the White Sox. He's been there before, mm-hmm. and get Berger and some other pieces over there, and get Berger a full time role. Then you I can like trade Chapman, it. put Berger at third. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Miranda. People were talking about him the other night with this trade, uh, with the Donaldson trade. Urshela should have third, though. But again, go back to my point about how Polanco's not going to play short. Miranda's really rough defensively. So, so he's a DH. If he, that's, if That's Alex Kirilov's role right now. Kirilov's going to need to learn how to play the outfield. Uh, or first with that base. body. He's got, he's got a bat that says he can yeah. DH. So, Miranda, so Miranda defensively, Miranda. yeah, Miranda, Miranda is ready offensively, probably doesn't have a defensive position um, unless he's the DH. I, and moving Donaldson doesn't really help him, though, because Urshela, now maybe Urshela is the shortstop, Polanco at second, and then there's some third base potential for Urshela could be the shortstop, Miranda. but there's been a lot of talk about story. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that they're in on story. Mm-hmm. So bottom line though, I don't think it's Polanco, and I don't think that the trade of Donaldson really helps Miranda. So I'm only drafting him in draft and hold, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um I'd be careful with too many guys that don't have guaranteed roles. He could be maybe one of my one of my prospects. Mm-hmm. I'm open to taking like two, maybe three prospects in a 50 round. I can maybe do Miranda because he should at least be on the roster. I can't believe he didn't get a call last year with the season that he had. He popped 30 homers at double and triple A combined with a 344 average. Nary a call for him. He, that tells you how ready, bad the defense is. Yeah, he's ready offensively. He does not have a defensive spot. All right. Make your case for Carter Kibu. He's playing every day. That lineup is getting better. Um, there's he? still talent in that bat. Okay. He's, I think, finally got the role all to himself all year. Uh, this is his kind Put up of or shut up. Yeah, make it or break it right now. So, um, you know, you're getting him super, super cheap. I'm going to take the gamble here and there. That's Carter. I already Kibu have. with the Nats, um, and I don't, I don't blame you. I think I've even taken uh, one, maybe myself with Carter Keyboom. No, I don't I have him yet. One team. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not averse to it. We'll see if it happens in the rest of my draft season. Kevin Smith is a guy that uh, our, our commenters have asked about in a few different spots there. Like, you haven't brought up Kev- Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith over in Toronto. People might not know yeah. that he's a Toronto prospect. Um, playing time right now is, is really sketchy if they get somebody else. But Biggio and Espinel at second and third means that those spots are not blocked off. Does Kevin Smith do anything for you? He's got some speed. 
Um, he had 21 homers last year too yeah. at Triple A. He had a great Triple A season. If if we are getting closer games. to opening day and he does, uh, they have not brought in someone else in. If like the Matt Chapman shoe drops and other shoes drop, um, then yeah, I think he is uh, a draft and hold kind of guy, or you know, on your um, on your watch list. Uh, yeah, but right now I think he's third fiddle to those two guys, Tespinall and uh, and Biggio. But I agree. Like, I don't think either of them have such a stranglehold on the job that Kevin Smith can't find his way in the lineup. 285, 375, 61 with 21 homers, 18 steals, and 94 games at AAA last year for Kevin Smith. Also has a future value 40 uh, on him right now. Hit tool isn't very strong. We need to see if that can develop a little bit, maybe get him into that 45, 50 range of player, which could be a little bit more uh, impactful. Unheralded youth, they're done. The boring, Rugnet Odor, we've discussed him. Jason's discussed him a ton. Santiago Espinal, we did just discuss him or in a passing mention, he played a decent bit last year, 246 plate appearances, hit 311 with two homers, six steals. Is this a, a cheap speed player? Is there even a bunch of any speed upside from here with Espinal? He's going to be 27 this year. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I, I just a little said, bit of a shrug. Like, like I, I think all, I don't, I don't really want to bank on any of these guys. I think these are all waiver wire guys in most yep. formats. I mean, I guess you take a gamble on them in a draft and old because, he probably uh, at, at way things are constructed right now. I think he might have a, a shot for playing time. So, but yeah, um, like you said, like if Freddie Freeman does sign in Toronto, Vlad Guerrero goes over to uh, third base again. Espinal's um, utility and Kevin Smith's back to Triple A. Yeah, or you have three guys battling it out for the second base job, right? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Biggio I guess he probably could... has the leg up. So, yeah, I would um, think that's true. Yeah, I, I just think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, draft and hold maybe, but I All don't right. know. Tom Bernie, still a speedster, still He's you know a role man. Like uh, he should be in a nice utility role. Can he? Can he really deliver enough speed? Like last year, he hit two ten, so you know eight steals in eighty five games. Though. Yeah, it was not good. I wrote up his profile in the forecaster and and. There was reasons to kind of maybe give him a little bit of pass for last year, but he's 32. He's never had more than 287 plate appearances. Is there enough time there for mixed league viability, even draft and hold deep? Like, what formats are you taking John Birdie in? NL only makes sense, but beyond that, is there anything else for John Birdie? Probably not. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that's kind of my, my thinking right now without a spot. Let's hear it. The Dodgers have signed... Jake Lamb. Oh yeah, I love Ray Lamb, but that doesn't that doesn't move the needle. A one point five million dollar major league deal. Good for him. That's awesome. I love Ray. Does I, that I mean Edwin Rios is not? Edwin Rios's shoulders screwed. He I had he labrum good. surgery in in May of twenty one. Like, what's the recovery on that? Shouldn't be a year. I don't know. I like him, but I I, I really do like Edwin Rios. But I I think I think he's kind of wrecked. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. See where my my four first basemen are: Edwin Rios, Kesson Hira, Frank uh, Swindell, and DJ LeMahieu. Oof, oh, that's tough. Hira just got screwed. He's going to the minor leagues with McCutcheon, McCutcheon in town because he's one yeah. of the guys with options. That's and if brutal. Edwin Rios isn't playing at all, then I drafted. Two well, you got, you got DJ LeMahieu at least. Uh, Yu Chang did a little something in Chicago, in Cleveland. I swear to God. I saw every game that he was good because 
I would have thought that he had them. like a yeah yeah because I would have thought he had a one forty WRC plus with the with the amount I saw all nine homers I swear because every time I freaking watched the Cleveland game Yu Chang was going yard and he only had nine and I'm like this guy wasn't even that good he had an eighty five WRC plus but he is twenty six next year or you know this upcoming year is there anything there for Yu Chang I don't like the plate skills um, he had I think you nailed it he's not good okay okay yeah, yeah then. Um, nothing to worry about there. Yanni Hernandez, Andy Abanez, we'll end with them in Texas. Does the uh, movement of IKF and the injury to Josh Young create a path for either of them that interests you? Andy Abanez, 29-year-old. Uh, Yanni Hernandez, 24-year-old. Yanni Hernandez is kind of interesting. Um, as a speed play? Yeah, as a speed play. They're giving him an opportunity to, to win the third base job um, mm-hmm. with Josh Young likely done for the season. Unless they bring no, he is, some, he is done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a chance he could be back by the end of the season, but, um, yeah. I mean, he. I, I think he's got a real opportunity here, unless Texas brings someone else in, which they could do. Considering they have had some they talks, have, they have been in on like everybody. Yeah, um, good for them. Good for Texas. Like, no, I, I like it. not pushing like other teams in Major League Baseball that get a new stadium and then like, oh no, we can't afford anything. Like, mm-hmm. we paid for your stadium. Go get players pittsburgh and miami um but texas is not doing that so uh um yeah i think he's kind of an interesting late you know draft kind of guy yeah i i could definitely see it with yanni hernandez andy abanez 29 hit a little hit for a little power last year i don't really see too much there did make a lot of contact with it um, would be AL only if he ended up getting the job. Mm-hmm. And that's it on third base, man. I, I really don't have anything else. If there's anybody I missed that you really wanted to give a mention to, no, I feel free to. Yeah, it's it's brutal, man. I mean, guys like Tyler Wade, we already talked about Wilmer Flores. Guys on other multi-eligible, if we didn't catch them here, they're definitely on another pod being discussed for sure. But we damn near went two hours because we talked a lot about moves. We had some fun tangents. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. We'll be back later this week talking more moves uh, hopefully more trades as well justin so great to have baseball back man i'll talk to you again in a few days take it easy